Welcome to the Frameworks and Finance Podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. Each week we talk about frameworks and finance concepts for your life and work. Let's learn together today. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Frameworks and Finance. If you're listening and you didn't hear the new theme music, well, that would be because I didn't get it done in time. But I wanted to continue on my progress in launching this new format. So before we jump into the episode, I'm going to spend a minute or two really talking about uh, the change, and then we're going to dive into the new format. So this has been a long time coming. I started off on this journey back in July of 2021, and here we are in July of 2022. And I was really going down the personal finance route. I have experience teaching people in that. I've really focused in on that myself for a long, long time. And my day job is uh, business finance. So I figured it was all a natural fit and I was excited to go down that route. And as I continued on, I just realized I wasn't having as much excitement in the nitty gritty details about that topic. So starting kind of in January and really ramping up in April, May, June of 2022, I really dove into more business-based content and content around mindset, content around different frameworks, and content around business finances. And that is not reflected at all here in this podcast. And so I felt like it would be appropriate to make a change, but I wasn't sure what that would be. So I was thinking about also my email newsletter, which you will always be able to get a link to that in the show notes. So check that out. I was looking for the direction to head. And I came up with this idea of talking about one framework and one finance piece of content in my newsletter. And that could be business, that could be personal. And so I knew that I wanted this podcast to go well with that email newsletter as well. So I made the decision that I was going to name it Frameworks and Finance. And then that is what this podcast is now going to be named. So the format of this new podcast is we're going to do every other week where one week we do a framework and one week we do a piece of finance content. The frameworks are going to be focused on business and personal frameworks. And for now, the finance content is mainly going to be focused on personal finance content, though there will be some interspersed with business finance stuff. So the personal finance is not going away. It's just not going to be the sole focus. And we're going to be getting away from looking at the books. Part of that is, is it just, I love reading and I read a lot, but it just kind of made my reading work in some ways. Uh, But the other reason is it's a lot harder to prepare for. And uh, I can prepare for these uh, a lot easier. And it helps me to work through ideas that I'm thinking about which I couldn't do in the other. And so as I continue down this road of creating content, I wanted to dive into it and be able to workshop some ideas here on the podcast. 
I'm also going to start doing one interview per month. And so I will probably do those at the end of each month. But, you know, honestly, I'm not going to promise anything because you know how interviews are. You could uh, get a bunch of them lined up and then not have one. And so I want to give myself the freedom to just kind of release that throughout the month as I uh, feel like releasing them. So that's the gist of where we're going. If this is interesting to you and, and if you're enjoying this podcast, I would really love if you could go rate and review the podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple, uh, those ratings and reviews really help. I don't ask for them a lot here, but I want to ask for them today because with this relaunch, I want people to see some fresh reviews. And so if you will please do that, I would really, really appreciate that. I don't have a freebie to offer, but just do that out of appreciation for me. And I, again, I thank you so much for listening to this podcast. So without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. Growing up, we all saw failure as a bad thing. I remember as a kid, it was always about winning in sports. It was trying to, to beat the opponent get the best result in that sporting event, win in those individual events, in those team events. It was always about winning. In school, it's don't fail the test. Don't fall behind. Don't do this. Don't do that. Same thing at home is you just instruction, instruction, instruction. And so unintentionally, it results in us fearing failure. We see failure all around us. We see these bad examples. And so that fear can lead to paralysis, that fear can lead to bad decisions. And that then carries over into when you're an adult. And that results in you taking the safe path. It's going and getting the normal nine to five job that everyone gets. It's going to day in and day out to that job and just being compliant and doing all those things. It's starting a family just all the traditional things that we do. And we have these ideas in the back of our head that we want to try these things, but that fear of failure holds us back. But then on the other hand, we, we try and live vicariously through these entrepreneurs. And we see the risks that they take and we see the crazy success and how everything pays off. We think, why can't that be us? What is up with us? But if you listen to their backstories, you see that failure is often a big part of those backstories. Adam Newman, who is founder of WeWork, which not necessarily probably a good example, but he, we're watching uh, the Apple TV series on him right now. And in his back, he tried to put knee pads uh, for babies and called it crawlers. He had a breakaway heel. He talked about communal living before he ever got to WeWork and communal work. He had all these failures in his background. Bill Gates failed with a traffic monitoring website before Microsoft. Walt Disney got fired again and again and again because he wouldn't follow instruction. And then eventually he created what is today. So as you look at these, you see failure is often a necessary part of any breakthrough in life. But how do we fail well? Jeff Bezos, who's the founder of Amazon, as I'm sure you all know, one of the richest men in the world, talks about this a lot. In one of his shareholder letters, 
he talks about why he values failure. He says, one area where I think we are especially distinctive, talking about Amazon, is failure. I believe we are the best place in the world to fail, and we have plenty of practice. Failure and innovation are inseparable twins. To invent, you have to experiment, and if you know in advance that it's going to work, it's not an experiment. Bezos explained that despite this, there are very important differences between good and bad failure. He says, if we build a fulfillment center, it's a disaster. That's just bad execution. But when we are developing a new product or service or experimenting in some way and it doesn't work, that's okay. The fulfillment center is a disaster, but failing at a new product is a good failure. It's a good experiment. So for Bezos, and in this, context of the failure is key. So you have to consider what caused those mistakes, what caused that failure. Was it something that was bad execution on your company's part or on your part? Or was it because you were experimenting and trying something new? The concept that we're going to talk about today, the first framework that we're going to frame out in this new format is called the waterline principle. And we use the waterline principle because it talks about, it was created by the company W.L. Gore, and it talks about how you want to make mistakes that are above the waterline of the ship. So when you think about a ship, there's going to be the ship that's underneath the waterline and the ship that's above the waterline. If you poke a hole below the waterline, that's going to lead to leaking and water coming in to the ship. But if it's above the waterline, it's not going to cause any immediate problem. Now, sure, if you get in a rough sea, if something gets really bad, water can splash in, but it's not going to be constantly underwater. It's not going to create a sinking event. And most of the times those mistakes are going to be found before those bad conditions arise. So sometimes you have to make decisions and things that are below the waterline. And when you do that, you want to bring more people into that decision. You want to be more careful with that decision. So when you're talking about above the waterline, it's encouraging people to push forward and just try and iterate things. But it's the things that are below the waterline, the things that could sink the ship that we want to avoid acting quickly on. So we want to give our employees room for failure. But we want to make sure that those mistakes don't come in places that they're irreversible. If you're talking about tasks that are high risk, we should provide more guidance. And so if you're a supervisor, you need to think about when you're giving someone something new and they can make big mistakes, like in the accounting field, if you're giving someone the responsibility to write checks or approve spending, you want to be careful because those can be hard to be undone or they take more work to be undone. Or if you have someone who's in a software field and they could take the whole system down for all the users, you want to be careful about how you go about implementing that. 
But if there's a task that's low risk, that, that doesn't really have many consequences, if it's just them struggling through something, we want to provide them the freedom to experiment, to make mistakes, because through those mistakes, they're going to learn. The way that you can do this is you can create a system where you create safeguards that are down the line. So I use the example of writing checks. Well, it's still okay to allow someone to experiment in that process as long as you have a final check that you're stopping things before they go out. But you can't remove that final check until you're really comfortable with the way they're doing things. This approach helps you as a person and as a company be more open to change because you're giving people opportunities to experiment and learn. And it's through experimentation, through iteration, that so much learning happens. Jeff Bezos talks about the principle of reversibility. And so we'll go back to that fulfillment center. If a fulfillment center is a disaster, if stuff goes wrong in the building process, it's not easily reversible. There's a lot of expense. There's a lot of things associated with that mistake. But if you're developing something new, if you're developing a product or service, some failure is expected. And so within that process, you're going to build in some cost for that failure. And so we want to think about it in terms of reversibility as well, is that make those reversible decisions fast. Don't put in a lot of guards or, or, or bumpers to stop people because that failure is going to help them iterate over and over again and come up with additional information. And it's going to help move your organization along faster. So the takeaway from today is that we want to allow people to act fast. We want to allow people to fail because failure is a good thing. But we want to make sure that they're having the good type of failure. So we want to make sure that their failures that are done through experimentation, not because of big mistakes that they made. And we want to make sure those failures are above the waterline or that if they're below the waterline, that we have a lot of safeguards in place. And then we want to look at the decisions from the principle of reversibility. We want to see what's reversible, what's not. So ask yourself, what decisions have you been putting off personally or professionally where the consequences aren't severe, where they're above the waterline, where they're easily reversible? What things are you procrastinating on? And think about what is your next step because you have no excuse anymore. Quit with the excuse. Go ahead and take your next step. I'm excited to kind of think about this in my work and life because I think it has a ton of value to helping us move faster, to implement things quicker, to be innovative, and to, to continue to move forward, move towards our goals personally and professionally. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I want to wrap it up here and just say thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoy this new format as we continue to go forward. And I want to remind you, action creates clarity. This goes so well with this episode that if we take action, 
We see what doesn't work and we can try something new. So continue to take action, continue to move forward, continue to be intentional in all of your decisions, personal and professional. Start, try something new today. We'll see you next week.